Wonderful. So just before we dig into the Word of God together, uh, for the children, not just for the children, if anyone else is a particular fan of craft, uh, we've got an activity to be doing. Eva, would you just like to show um, so children can see what we're doing? Um, what we've got is we've got an envelope which represents the children's school, or if they're not yet at school, maybe their preschool or their home. And then we've got some lolly sticks that we're going to draw themselves and people that would be in that place with them. So maybe teachers, classmates, family members, um, whoever it is. We're going to put them in that envelope. So all of these people that they spend their time with in these different contexts, either in school, preschool or at home. And then we've got a verse up the top that says this. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, to do it as if you are working for the Lord. So there's that craft up there. Uh, maybe if you can run it to the back so everyone, everyone can see it that needs to, to see it when they're doing it. Um, and this craft is very relevant to what we're going to be considering uh, this morning. And so we're going to just need to take a, a few steps back just to kind of set the scene a little bit, just to recap uh, what we've been doing over the last few weeks and how this craft that they're doing is going to fit in with what we're going to be thinking about in these next few moments. So we're in the middle of a series uh, that we've called Good News, and it's all about the gospel. The gospel being the good news of what God has done through Jesus, through his life, his death, and his resurrection in reconciling not just people to himself, but the ultimate promise that there'll be a day where he reconciles and unites all things to himself. And we've been considering why this is good news. And because it is good news, what does that then mean for the rest of our lives? So this series is based on a, a series by, uh, or a study by Timothy Keller called The Gospel in All of Life. Thinking about, okay, so how does the gospel impact and affect and shape every area of our lives and we've been we spent a couple of weeks looking at the heart how does the gospel change our heart a couple of weeks looking at how does the gospel change our community and this is the first of two weeks where we're going to be thinking about how does the gospel change how we live in the world okay so we've thought how it changes our heart how it changes our community but also how does the gospel change how we live in the world abraham kuiper forgive me if i've pronounced that wrong but he said this, that I just want to share with you at the outset of what I'm going to share. He said that there is not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Let me read that again. There is not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. He is the king of an everlasting kingdom. If we jump back to week one and where we started, do you remember we were, if you're with us, or if you caught up, we were laying foundations about the scope of the gospel. How sometimes we can sort of individualize or minimize the gospel and think that it is solely about what Jesus has done for us in reconciling us to God. And while that is absolutely true, and it is good news that we can have we can have a relationship with God because of what Jesus has done for us. If we keep that as our, only as our only focus, our scope and our view is far too narrow. Because actually the gospel speaks to everything. Like I mentioned just a moment ago, the Bible tells us that actually there's going to be a day where Jesus comes again and he's going to reconcile or unite all things to himself. Things on heaven, things on earth. Everything 
that has been broken, everything that has been distorted or twisted by sin, all of that, every aspect of creation is going to be made new in Christ. So the scope of the gospel is cosmic. It changes everything, including how we work. So this is where we're kind of coming into joining in with what the children are doing. We're going to be thinking about how does the gospel change us in our work. Now it could be that we work for, work for us looks like working for a company or organisation. Maybe it's working for our family. It could be that we go to, um, that we're working in a workplace or maybe work for us is at home. Maybe it's paid employment or unpaid or voluntary work. Maybe we're in a position where at the minute we're looking for work or unable to work. Or for those who are young enough and they spend a lot of their time and a lot of their effort uh, at the minute is within school or preschool. Actually, the gospel shapes how we work. Or it should shape how we work. And we're going to look at just a few, uh, just a couple of short verses today. There's a couple, I'm just going to read them both, but there's a common thread between the two. And this is just really our starting point as we think about then actually... Uh, how does the gospel impact and shape our approach to work uh, and the way that we engage with work? So we're going to read from Matthew chapter 6 and from verse, nine, uh, from verse 19 through to verse 21, actually. It says, Jesus speaking, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay for yourself, sorry, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then if we jump to Colossians chapter 3, this is Paul now uh, writing to the Colossian church. We'll see there's a similar thread going through this. Going to pick up from verse... 23 says whatever you do work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward you are serving the Lord Christ okay so in in Matthew Jesus is speaking about treasure and it's important for us to consider actually what is it that we treasure Where does our treasure lie? Because the truth is, we all treasure something. What we treasure will be what we look to for uh, for, for beauty or for significance or for fulfilment. But we will all treasure something. And actually, it might be that we treasure many things. And a lot of these things are good things. But the difficulty, the the, the problem that we we will find is that if they're... they don't find their place actually kind of within our ultimate treasure of, of Christ, of our relationship with God, of working out our salvation, then we'll be on very shaky ground. Because what Jesus is saying is that we can, we can treasure and we can store up for ourselves and we can give ourselves to earthly things, but they will rust and they will decay and they will fade. They will not last forever. But actually we are to treasure those things that will last Things that align with God's call for us. 
in treasuring the things that God loves, in giving ourselves to the things that God loves. Because you give yourself to what you treasure. Whether you know you're doing it or not, all of us do it. We give ourselves to what we treasure. And so our starting point here is to think about actually what is it that we treasure? What is it that we are giving ourselves to? What is it that we are living for? And we need to hear Jesus call where he says, actually, make sure that your treasure is that treasure that is eternal. That treasure that will last. That treasure that will not fade or will not spoil. You see, when we're thinking about work, and particularly if we're thinking about employed work, there'll be many reasons as to why we want a particular job. It could be to do with salary, it could be to do with responsibility, it could be to do with position, it could be to do with many things. And all of these things in and of themselves are not bad things, but they can become bad things if they become the primary thing. Can you see where I'm coming from? But they need to actually find their place within that context of actually we need to treasure that which God treasures that will last and that will be <laughs> that which is eternal. You see, the gospel, what it does is it realigns us. It gives us a lens or a view to a new perspective on things, which is really what this whole series has been about, hasn't it? As we've looked at different areas and aspects of our life, seeing how actually those are shaped very much by the gospel and the good news of what Jesus has done for us and what it means to live that out, what it looks like to live that out. So really that's our, our, our starting point really is thinking about what do we treasure? Because where our treasure lies, there our heart will be also. You see, what Jesus is saying in that moment is saying, would you be willing to give up those things that you treasure? Would you be prepared to give those things away? And then in Colossians 3, following that similar thread, we've got this uh, encouragement from Paul to work heartily for the Lord. Why? Because that is where your treasure lies. Because he's saying what you're doing there is you're earning or you're gaining the, the inheritance that is waiting for you. That will be your reward when you work not for men, but you work for God. So in your approach to work, in your approach, to, again, whether that's in, in all of the different things I outlined at the start, whether that's paid employment, voluntary, whether actually your work looks like your family, loving and serving your family, keeping your home, whatever it looks like, it's a very broad subject in a broad context actually we're to do all those things as if we're not as if we're doing them for, for the Lord but doing them for the Lord seeking him first seeking his guidance seeking his leading in those things or we can put it like this doing these things with God as your boss ultimately and we do, we submit to, to those in, in authority over us and to our bosses in lots of different contexts, don't we? In those who supervise us. But again, all the while, that comes under God ultimately as our, if we can put it like that, serving God as our boss, as our supervisor. Or we can put it this way, the gospel changes the motivation for your work. Because in all things, Again, in whatever your work looks like, our motivation is now is to do it in a way that is pleasing to God, in a way that fulfills God's call on our life, in a way that represents Him well, that is a good witness for Him and for the gospel. And part of that is being a good steward of what God has given you. 
using what God has given you well. And, and we can go right back, can't we, to, to what Jesus said were the greatest commandments. To love God with everything you have and to love your neighbour as yourself. So actually we want to steward and use the things that God has given to us to do those two things. We want to love God well in what we do, but we also want to love others well. In whatever context that we find ourselves. So we want to be good, good stewards of what God has given to us. Another reason why, and actually why the gospel is so important when we're considering work, is because there is dignity, or at least the potential for dignity in all work, and it matters to God. We see this right back at the very beginning within creation. Before sin comes in, before brokenness enters into the world, there is work given by God for Adam and Eve, for future generations to give themselves to, to accomplish. There's productivity, there's fruitfulness, there's activity for them to give themselves to, stewarding and using, working with creation for the context and for the purpose of human flourishing, if we can put it that way. I think Tim Keller put it like that. I thought that's a beautiful way to consider work. To use or to work with creation for the purpose of human flourishing. And we see that right at the very beginning. Work matters to God. And actually there is dignity in all work. And we need, I think that's a really important thing for us to consider and a point for us to make. Because we, we sometimes find ourselves in cultures or contexts that will either look up to, to certain aspects of work or certain positions and be like, actually, we, that, that work is much more meaningful or more dignified than what I'm able to do or what, than what I'm doing. Or it can do the opposite kind of, it can look down on other work or on others in other work and think, I'm, I'm too good for that. That's not dignified work. Why would anyone want to do that? And we need to be aware that these things can creep in. But actually, with God's purpose for us and what the gospel reveals to us is that actually there is the potential for dignity in all work. And I think that's really important. Now, I say there's the potential for dignity in all work because we have to realise... What, what I mean there is that that means that we need to stand against work that is exploitative of people, that is corrupting of people, that dehumanises people. Because there are many instances and industries and lots of different ways in which, which actually is not for human flourishing, but does not serve people well. Can you see where I'm coming from? So I don't want to say there's dignity in that because there's not dignity in that because it it's not loving to people. But there is the potential for dignity in all things. Which is where actually the gospel comes in. Because we're living in that period, aren't we, where, where Christ has come and the good news is here, but we're waiting for that day when he comes again and makes everything new. And we live in that tension, don't we? But actually we have the real privilege of being God's representatives within that time. Of showing what it looks like to be those who are known and loved by God who can show through the way that we work and through the things that we do what it looks like to, uh, to show people, um, shower people with dignity and grace and, and mercy and all of those things. You see, the gospel shapes how we work. Last week, Mike was speaking to us about witness, how the gospel helps us in our witness, in uh, how we can let others know about the gospel, how we can reveal Christ to others, whether through speaking through word or through the way in which we are with one another. You see, and, and within our work, 
there is opportunity and potential for witness, not just in opportunities to share the gospel in terms of maybe verbally sharing with someone, but in how we approach our work. And I just felt actually in this moment, particularly as we, consider, we, we reflect on the last couple of years, work looks very different now for many people than it did two years ago. With coronavirus and with lockdowns and the measures that were brought in, for many people, work looks very different and potentially will continue to look very different. A lot of people had to start working from home. For a lot of people, their work was completely disrupted, were put on furlough and, and all sorts of different things that were going on. And what we, what we want to, to do, if we're kind of working through that place where we're now having to navigate what work looks like for us, actually is not to think that those opportunities have diminished, they've just changed. And we might not be around as many people as we once were, but we still have a chance to witness through the gospel in how we approach our work, whether, actually, whether people are watching or not. Just through how we engage. And all the while, remembering we're doing this for God, first and foremost. So I'm going to give everything I can to working in a way that is honouring to him and is pleasing to him. And actually, we want to be those who approach our work in line with the character and heart of God. And again, this is going to look different for each one of us in our own contexts. But it means that we can work in ways that show grace. We need to be those who work in ways that bring and show mercy and justice and humility and integrity and kindness in loving others, in developing community, in producing and, 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 and seeing, um, enabling human flourishing. All work has the potential to do that. It might not always be that obvious to us on the surface. But when we consider it, there are many ways in which we can actually work that out or exhibit that or live that out. And it's for each one of us in our context actually to consider what that looks like for us. What would it look like for you to, to work in humility or to demonstrate integrity or kindness or to develop, to develop community with those in which you work amongst or work with? got a couple of videos that I just want to show you. Great timing. These videos I became aware of maybe within the last week, maybe a little bit more. And in both of these videos, uh, we've got two guys um, and they're talking really about how their faith impacts their work, how it informs their work and shapes their work. Brilliant timing considering what we're thinking about this morning. And I, I want to show these videos to you and then we're just going to draw a couple of things out off the, off the back of it. So I want you to listen, watch these videos and listen with what we've already considered this morning, the things that I've been sharing. The first clip we're going to see is from someone called Stephen Colbert. He's an American comedian. He hosts a late night show on American TV. Uh, and someone asks him, we'll see the question, someone asks him about kind of this link between his faith and his work. And then secondly, we're going to see a video from uh, an American football player who's actually playing in the Super Bowl tonight. So it's kind of the pinnacle of their sport. He's a Christian guy. And again, someone asks him about what God has been teaching him over this last year. And his answer, again, shows how it works itself out within, within work and how he approaches work. I just thought it'd be really helpful for us to put some of what we've heard and actually to hear how it's being applied in, in people's lives. 
Um, so if we can have the, the, just play them one after the other would be great. Thank you, Ian. Got two same, similar questions, but actually two very different answers. Um, but just a couple of bits, a few bits I wanted to draw out from both of those videos, just as we consider actually how then does the gospel shape us in our work. In that first video, Stephen Colbert, his question about actually how is there a link between faith and comedy, he's saying actually his, his faith shapes his, his comedy. What he believes informs what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. Why? Because he's living with a different perspective. Did you pick up with what he was saying? He's living with this perspective that death is not defeat. Death is not the end. And so for him, that's in his mind as he's, for him as a, as a comedian. And this whole thing of we do not need to be fearful. You do not fight fear with fear. Actually, we see in light of eternity, and he said, and then we find some way to love and laugh with each other. So everything in terms of his approach to his work is informed by his hope for the future that is secure in Christ. There's a lot in there. I'd encourage you to go back and, and listen to it again. There's, I think there's a lot to unpack. It's a great answer to that question. But again, he's living with a different perspective. And in that, he's wanting to help and enable others to live not in fear, but in hope and in joy and in love through what he does. And then in the second video for Cooper Cup, plays for the, the LA Rams, and he... Um, was saying that actually for him, his motivation in what he does is to run the race that God has for him. That's his focus. He wants to run the race that God has for him, to, for the path that God has. He said he wants to honour God in what he does and to use what God has given to him. We mentioned a while ago, didn't we, about being stewards of what God has given to us. That's what he's looking to do. And he's a guy who's at the, really at the, the pinnacle of his, of his industry, of his career. I think he won the Offensive Player of the Year award. Uh, he, but he's a guy actually above all of the accolades and the awards and everything that he might achieve, whatever fame he might get, he's saying above all of that, I want to honour God and I want to use what God has given me to honour him. And then he said actually... For him, it's purpose outside. He's living with a purpose outside of his work. That work is not the be-all and end-all for him. It's just a part of what he does. And when he's living within God's purposes for him, actually, he can love his teammates better. He can love his workmates better. He says, when I'm living in the purpose that God has for me, I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. So it's not just about the one thing. Actually, it informs every part of his life. But it does work its way out within his work as well. We're going to just draw this to a close in a second. But I just want to say this, and I didn't want to kind of finish without just touching on this. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Jesus says this. He says, come to me. All who are labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Actually, the gospel, part of the gospel message is this. The, the gospel really is about what God has done in Jesus. 
not about what we have to do, but what God has done for us. And we now rest in our new identity. So everything that we've been touching on in this series, every area of our life, how the gospel shapes us, works from a place of rest, not from a place of striving. And I think this is really important because our identity, first and foremost, is rooted in who are we in Christ, not in what do we do. The things that we do, they can be important, but they're not to be where we find our identity or where we find our worth. We find that in Christ and we do that from a place of rest. And so actually within work, we need to consider rest. Because we're working for God and and serving, working as if for God... Uh, and, and giving what we have to serve him should lead us away from underworking, essentially being lazy with what God has given to us. Actually, we don't want to go too far the other way and go to overworking. We need to find our rest. When Jesus says that his um, yoke is easy and his burden is light, what he's saying is, actually, I want to teach you about good rhythms and good pace and what rest looks like. So I really just felt I wanted to share that with you something else for us to consider actually the importance of rest in what we're doing to recognize seasons in our life whether we're talking about daily rest weekly rest holidays sabbaticals whatever it might be but also to realize there are seasons in life where we don't get as much rest because our work demands us to be more giving more time and that's okay as long as it doesn't become the the long-term regular regular pattern so we just need to recognize seasons within that as well we need contemplative rest. Tim Keller says we need contemplative rest. Worship, prayer, the word. We need recreational rest. Go out, have fun. Enjoy doing things, activities. What's this one? We need aesthetic rest to enjoy art, media, walks, sunsets, nature, like Sue was sharing earlier. And then we just need sheer inactivity time where we literally just do nothing but rest. And think these are things that we all need to consider, actually. How do we work those things in to our life? And again, it will look different for each one of us, but it's not something to neglect. I'm going to pray for us in just a moment. But again, just to uh, just read those verses from Colossians again, just by way of kind of tying it together. It says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance, uh, sorry, that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, because you are serving the Lord Christ. Heavenly Father, I want to uh, thank you once again for the gospel. I want to thank you that we live our lives from a place of rest because of what Jesus has done for us. Lord, I want to thank you for the children who are here. Lord, I want to thank you for the schools that you've called them to or the preschools that you've got them in or the families that you have them in. And Lord, I pray that you would help them day by day to just go into those places, to go into their schools, preschools, to be at home, but actually with whatever they do to know that they are loved by you. Lord, would you help them in their relationships? Lord, would you help them to love well? Lord, would you help them in their learning? Lord, would you help them in all things? in those places and Lord for each one of us if we were if we were to ask actually what does work look like for us it would look very different across this room but Lord we just want to take hold of that call to actually with whatever you have given to us let us use it 
for your glory, for the good of others. Pray, Holy Spirit, would you help us daily to work well in ways that are pleasing to you, in ways that help people flourish. Lord, I pray for those who at this particular time are struggling and this whole concept of work and even maybe even the fact that I said this morning we're going to be talking about work might have, been a, might have elicited sort of a, oh, sort of a response. I pray, would you especially be with them? Lord, would you be at work in their context? Would you be at work in their situation? Lord, we pray for the provision of work where it's needed. Lord, we pray for the provision of rest where it's needed. Lord, we pray for the provision of support where it's needed. Lord, we pray for the provision of opportunity where it's needed. Lord, we were thinking just last week about how everything that we need is found in you. Lord, I pray that we would never divide our lives up and think that's true of certain aspects, but actually to realise in our work that is true as well. That we can come to you and know that you will meet our every need. So I pray that you would be about a good work among us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.